Hey podcast people, Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very well on this fine Saturday evening or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about myself or the business I run, which is the Calgary Language Nerds, you can do so by visiting azrinthelanguagenerd.com or by visiting any of my social networks. The website is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com. And my social networks are all at Polyglot Azrin. So that is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm in a bit of a funny mood today. Um, I am procrastinating on some work that I have to do. And I also have a little bit of a strange, a little bit of a strange Saturday here for me today. A little bit odd, to be honest. Um, different kind of schedule than usual. Uh, yesterday evening, we had a bonfire, a campfire for the Calgary language nerds, which had a, which went surprisingly really well. I honestly did not know what to expect. It was a random thing we decided based on the suggestion of one individual in the Calgary language nerds, and he put it all together. He organized it. He picked the date. He got all the firewood. He did all the work. I literally just showed up. And it was super, super, it was amazing. It was a hit. It, was, it went really well. And so we're going to do, we're going to do more of those, I think in October for people living in Calgary. Um, and because of that happening yesterday, there was some stuff that I had to shift over to Saturday, over to today. And so I've got a bit of a weird Saturday, pretty busy Saturday, actually. On top of that, tomorrow I'm shooting another Easy Gujarati video. So for those of you who don't know, there's the YouTube channel called Easy Languages, and I'm going to be making their Easy Gujarati videos. I have shot one of them. I'm in the process of editing it, or rather, uh, rather, I've got some people that are helping me with editing. They're in the process of editing. And then tomorrow I shoot a second one, and then that's gonna, that's gonna need to be edited as well. So I've gotta do some prep for that. And so, um, yeah, a bit of a weird Saturday. And to be honest, I'm kind of just recording this podcast as a way to procrastinate. I'm like, ugh the stuff I need to do, but I don't feel like doing it. And uh, here we are. Me re- basically, it's led me to recording this podcast. There are two things I like to share today. Both of them are language learning related. The first one is a bit something that's really surprised me. I've made two podcasts in Gujarati recently. The past two podcasts were in Gujarati. And I thought they'd have like no like downloads or no views on those, no listens on those podcast episodes. I was like, who in my audience speaks Gujarati? Like, what the heck? But shockingly, there there've actually been like a lot of people. Like normally my podcast get like 150 plus listens to them. And there's like roughly a hundred or so on the two Gujarati podcasts I made. And I was like, what the heck? How does that even make any sense? So perhaps there is more of a Gujarati audience in my in my podcast here that I didn't know about. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's very interesting. And uh so I might make some more podcasts in Gujarati. Uh, the second thing, which is probably more useful or relevant for, you, for for all of you, I suppose, is the value of silence. The value of silence. This is something I've been thinking about for about one or two weeks. You know, when you go to language classes or when you're learning a language, right? Let's stick with language classes, actually. When you go to language classes, one of the things that tends to happen is that at all points in the class, for the most part, Either you're talking or the teacher's talking. So maybe the teacher's teaching something and you're writing notes or you're listening, or maybe you have to do some talking and the teacher's listening and they're going to therefore respond after you say something. 
and the, at all points in time, there is someone saying something. That's that's just kind of how it is. And what I think is very interesting is I think it's actually valuable to have a portion of the class which is based on silence. Silence. I've been doing. I've done this now a few times, and it's worked extremely well each time. The brain needs time to process information. So when you are in a class and the teacher has taught different things. If the teacher just keeps talking and you keep practicing and you keep practicing and you keep listening and you keep thinking, your brain doesn't have the time to properly absorb all of the information. This is a mistake I've made for most of my teaching career, I suppose. And it's a mistake that I think many teachers make where you teach something new, you practice with it, you practice with it more, then maybe you go back to something else. You go to a different topic, maybe. And then you finish the class. You finish your one hour class. Maybe you even stick on one topic the whole time. You learn something, you practice it. They ask some questions, you do some more practice and off you go, you're done. That's the class. What I think is better is you learn a topic, you teach a topic, sorry. I teach a topic to the class. I give some examples, answer people's questions, do a little bit of practice. Then we have eight minutes of silence where it's like, hey, everybody, we just covered a lot of information. We're gonna take five to 10 minutes here, everybody. I want you just to reread your, I need you, I need you to do what you need to do in order to learn and get this information into your brain. Everybody learns differently. Some of you might want to rewrite your notes and try rewriting it by memory. Some of you might want to try and form your own sentences with the words and grammar we just learned. Some of you may just want to reread your notes to yourself. Some of you may want to talk to yourself and read the notes to yourself out loud. Some of you may want to, everyone's going to be doing something different, but having that time in the class for people to do that in that moment of silence is, I think, incredibly important. Because what happens otherwise, and I was thinking about this, what happens otherwise is you leave the class and you're like, I don't know if I really got that. That was a lot of information. I got to go home and reread everything. Well, hang on a second. Why the hell are we doing that? Reread it in class. Isn't the purpose of the class for you to actually learn something in the class? It's not to give you a bunch of stuff for you to go process at home. The purpose of the class is for you to learn something new, process it as much as you can in the class and get it as deeply in your head as we can in the class before you actually walk out of that room. Obviously, you're going to have to practice more. You're going to have to do things out of the class to practice it and deepen that knowledge in your head and deepen those neural connections. Of course, it's not like you're going to walk out of a one hour class and have everything mastered that you learned. Of course not. But the teacher's job and the purpose of that class, right? The purpose of that class is indeed to get the knowledge to sink in as deeply as possible in the minds of the students. And silence, I believe, is an important part of that equation. I think it's a very important part of that equation. In fact, perhaps it's a crucial part of the equation. I've done it a few times, as I said, and it's I've just seen it work. I can see it on students' faces. I can see them all reading their notes. I can see the focus. You can you can literally see the neural connections being made on their faces. And you can see, you know, you can see kind of the people who they've they've processed the information as much as they need to, and their their face changes. That you can see they're not as focused anymore, and now they're just kind of sitting there. So that's an incredibly important thing. Now, the other thing I want to talk about, which is fascinating, I don't think I've talked about it ever before. It's a third thing I'd like to say today is diminishing returns. In my experience, every single language learning strategy has diminishing returns. What that means is you are 
learning a particular language, you've picked a particular strategy or approach, and it's working really well. But eventually, at some point or another, that strategy or that approach is not going to work as well as it used to. I'll give you a great example. I have a, a current student right now. Uh, we have some lessons together. One thing that was amazing for her, she loved it, was journaling. She, I think she even listens to the podcast, so she might even hear this and be like, oh, this is me. This is super recent. I just had class with her not like, like two days ago. And she, it was a great activity. It was super useful for her. Journaling, daily journaling. I'm a big fan of daily journaling. But lately, that strategy's not been quite right anymore. She doesn't feel like doing it. She kind of dreads it. Not dreads it, but she, she, it feels like a chore, right? It's not, it doesn't feel the same way as it used to, you know, a month, roughly a month ago, or maybe a little bit more than that. Was it a month ago? Something like that. It's not important. But it, it doesn't feel as effective and as useful as it used to feel. And that's super normal. That happens. I've, I've actually seen it happen so many times now where I'm like, oh, right, that's just how it works. Eventually, strategies have diminishing returns. And when you hit this moment where whatever you are doing is not working anymore, you hit a bit of a, a, a fork in the road. In fact, it's not even a fork. It's like a trident. You hit a trident in the road because a fork has two options, has two pathways. A trident has multiple. How many points does a trident have? I don't even know. We're going to pretend that the trident has three points because there's three things you might have to do. Option one is you. this might be a moment where you have to bite down and you bite the bullet and just do the thing you don't want to do. That's a part of the equation. Like I want to, I, I want to become healthier myself. I'm not in bad health, but I do want to become healthier, especially when it comes in, when it comes to my fitness and flexibility, right? Flexibility is something I'm focused heavily on right now. And I don't like a lot of that stuff. I don't like it, but sometimes I have to bite the bullet and I have to just do the stuff that I don't want to do in order to make the progress that I would like to make. You know, it, it kind of sucks. Like I'm not, I'm actually not very good at it. Sometimes I don't bite the bullet and do what I have to do. That's 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 for sure that happens frequently so i'm not perfect at it but it's some sometimes you have to right that just doesn't change even though sometimes i don't do it and i'm not perfect it doesn't change the fact that it's true so that's something or another example is like mandarin in mandarin i want to know how to print characters but i hate printing i don't want to practice printing whatsoever so i do the bare minimum i take a class at the university where printing is a necessity in the class and I do the bare minimum to not fail my written printing assignments. Everyone else is better than me at printing by a long shot, but I, I can kind of print and I do slowly get better. So when I have written assignments, I do my assignments because I do want to learn how to write, even though I don't want to do the written assignments and I'm like, I dread it. I don't want to do it. I hate it. I have to, right? So that's something. That's one thing you might have to do. You might just have to bite the bullet and keep going. The second thing it might be is you might need to take, you might need to take a break. A break might be what you need. Now, what's funny about breaks? I'm funny. I'm funny on breaks because I think a break is important. I, oddly enough, I think eight times on ten, eight times on ten, people don't actually need a break. That's not at all what you need. It's it's pretty crazy. There's another person. There's a few people. I mean, actually, I'm not going to say that, but there's, there's, there's plenty of people I've talked to um, who feel like, oh, they're overwhelmed by life. There's this going on, that going on, this is happening, and, they're, and they just need a break from the language. They just want to come back to it later. And I've got to be honest with you, most of the time, I don't think that's actually the right response, most of the time. 
Usually in those moments where you feel over, usually in those moments where you're feeling overwhelmed, what actually has to happen is you need to start to, you, you might take a break, but you need to learn how to get your stuff together. That's really what's happening. Most of the time, when you feel like you need a break from someone, something, that's not the answer. You need to actually learn how to get your stuff together. You need to learn how to be more organized. You need to learn how to manage your schedule. You have to learn how to manage your emotions. You have to learn how to get over the stress. You have to learn. It's hard. It takes years of practice and work. But you have to chip away at that. Because here's the thing. You think you need a break. And the reality is that it's not just with your language. You're taking breaks with all sorts of things. And most of those stuff, you never actually go back around to it, do you? Most people are like that. They don't actually go around. They don't go back to the thing they took a break from. Taking a break in there is just, an, is just something. It's, an, it's a way for them to say, oh, I'm going to come back to it. I can't do it now, but I'll do it later. But they're really saying is, no, I can't do this anymore because they never go back to it. So breaks are, are, are it's a double-edged sword. Breaks are double-edged swords. They are great and you often need them, but it's also a double-edged sword because for a lot of people, you take the break and that's it. You're done. It's not really what you needed. It was a temporary solution because then when, when the hell do you go back to it, right? I know a guy right now taking a break, quote unquote, and it says he's got like, he does have a lot on his plate to be fair. And, and to be fair, I do understand why the break is coming in. That does make a lot of sense to me for this one individual, you know, working full time and studying full time has a lot of stuff on his plate. Like it makes perfect sense to me. But what's interesting is that his perspective on it is I'm gonna take a break, but his life is not changing in the next five years. He's got a big degree on whatever it is, four or five, six years. I don't know exactly how many years, but the X number of years in front of him, that guy's not, his life is not changing. He's going to be working uh, close to full-time hours. I think it's like 30 out, 25 to 35 hours a week. And he's a full-time student. And that's just what his life is. That's what it's going to be. So what do you mean you're taking a break? Are you stopping for five years? If yes, that's cool. Cool. No problem. But that's not what he was thinking. He's thinking, oh, right now is busy. Maybe later. He hadn't even thought that it's going to be five years later. And then five years later, are you ever going to get around to it? Probably not. You're gonna, your life will have changed. You'll have a baby by then. You'll be, you'll have a wife. Like you're not going to get around to it. You're just not. So, and this is, so when you're going to take a break from something, let alone a language, you have to be very intentional about it. It's a very important. It's not just, oh, you got to take a break. I'll visit it later. No, no, no. That's not how it works. We have to level up here. This is a little bit of a, it's a personal thing for me. Like we have to learn how to get us. I, I often find people who need a break because they're overwhelmed and such and things like that. It's really an indication, not always, but often it's an indication that you need to learn how to get your stuff together to kind of, you need to learn how to get your stuff together a little bit. The way you're approaching things is not in a conducive thing for long-term long-term success in the language or whatever, in the language, let's say, or whatever element of life we're talking about. Now, to be fair, there is a two to three times on 10 where the break is actually very strategic and it makes total sense. That's perfect. It's like when you need to go take a two week vacation to reset. Like, yeah, that makes sense, right? Like that's, that makes sense. We do need time off. We do need to step away from stuff. That does make sense to me. But um, I think it, ha but, but it has to be done. It has to be, it, it's, it's, in a podcast format, it's, it's, I cannot give you a formula to know if the break is right for you or not. It's just too generalized. I have to actually talk to people because I have to see, I've seen so many patterns of, I've seen, I've worked so much with people so much that I'm, I'm pretty darn good at seeing patterns and I'll look at you and I'll be like, ah, yeah, you got to take a break. 
you need to take a break now. So one, one example of someone, of the type of person who it's really a good idea to take a break are very goal-driven uh, and tightly wound people. People who are more tightly wound, very goal-driven, usually have times timelines in their head around their goals, who feel bad and guilty when they're not being productive, who have who are very type A personality perhaps, who are highly analytical, the types of people that maybe even have a spreadsheet for their learning and are very, and that's how they view things because those types of people tend to have a little bit more stress and they tend to get, they tend to take on more on their plate and they don't take the break. Instead, they push through and they keep pushing through and the stress builds and they break. They eventually, they break. Eventually they can't handle it anymore and there they completely break and everything breaks and everything falls apart. So those people, I've seen the patterns now. I've seen it where it's like, okay, I see where this is going and I force the break. If they don't ask for it, I force it. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, hey, we're gonna, st I think I highly recommend we stop our lessons for X amount of time. I highly recommend you take a month and a half off. You take a month off. I highly recommend you stop. You need to disconnect go deal with xyz that you're doing with because i know they're here's the thing those types of people they're gonna come back they're not gonna leave the language because it's gonna bother the hell out of them it's gonna bother them to no end if they leave the language it's gonna bother them it's gonna sit in their head i know i've seen it a hundred times i've seen it when they take the break it truly is a break and they're not going to quit or whatnot they're gonna come right back and whether it's come back to me as lessons or come back to learning the language in a different way not through me that i don't care i'm pretty unbiased when it comes to that but I know they're I know they're gonna keep going with the language. Versus people, I've met lots of other people where it's like, you know, they're not that type A style of person. In fact, they're totally not. They're way more go with the flow. And the go with the flow type of people, who I cannot, I'm gonna say this very strongly. You can't you have to get your, your stuff together. Go with the flow, that's totally cool. You have to get more organized. You have to learn how to get, learn how to handle, learn how to be more organized and learn how to ha and learn how to manage your emotions. Learn how to get some, like you gotta learn how to get this, you gotta learn how to stop getting overwhelmed. It's gonna be a 10 year process for you to be really good at that. It's, got, it's not going to come overnight. You're gonna have to really put work into it, but I promise you, it's gonna be really good for you. Never mind languages, it's gonna be really good for you. Those types of people, the go with the flow types of people who get overwhelmed, people who are not goal oriented, people who are, are more anxious and kind of uncertain, who don't know what they want, perhaps struggle with um, uh, some self-confidence types of things, are not very outspoken for themselves, that I hope if the stuff that I'm saying that's resonating with you, that's typically not the type of person that I want to recommend a break for. These are the types of these are the types of people that have to keep going and they have to learn how to do it. They have to learn. They have to figure that out. Don't run away. I think that's it, right? Sometimes when you're taking a break, there's people who are there people that are running away, and some people are not running away. They legitimately are taking a break that's going to legitimately allow them to recharge and come back at it even harder in the future. And so that's really it. And I think I'm pretty damn good at seeing those patterns. Nine times on ten, the people that take a break because they're not because they are overwhelmed and stuff, and they can't handle stuff, and they their their emotional tolerance for stress and and having a burden on their lives, has carrying stuff on their back, 
for people that are quite have a low have a low ability with that nine times on ten they're not the types of people that go make a change and try and figure it out but i tell them and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't like it really depends it's a very psychological game i love the psychology of teaching and stuff it's actually one of my favorite things about it um yeah it's one of the it's one of my favorite things about it i can't wait to see how good i am when i'm 45 i'm pretty damn good now at 28 27 sorry but uh 45 i'm gonna be so good it's gonna be amazing anyway um so that's the second prong of our trident the third prong is uh you have to change the approach you're using for languages maybe the approach you're using was working really well for two months and now that's not the right approach and you've got to adjust things change your schedule change how many hours you're studying, change the methodology you're using, change the textbook you're using, change the strategy, work on a different element of the language. Like you got just gotta change something, right? That's the third potential thing you might have to do. So three different options, right? Three different options. Um, and there's a different option you might have to take at different points in time, but. Anyway, uh, this is a good podcast episode. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate your attention as always. And uh, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk soon. Bye for now, everybody. Bye for now, everybody. See you.